into this week's episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this week we have John Pryor from episode number 347 discussing how he integrates Franz Bosch's methods into his coaching practice with Rugby Australia. But before we do dive into this episode, I wanted to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you were like me in your coaching position, you had zero budget, but you still wanted to collect, analyse, visualise and present subjective data to coaches. Now you can for free now with Rock Daisy's AMS Lite. So if you want to check out more, visit rockdaisy.com and have a little look at AMS Lite. Just going, <clears throat> excuse me, going right back to the, the start of the, that, that Franz Bosch piece that you just, just uh, articulated very well there. You said about focusing on the things that you know, and if that's where you're at, I think you mentioned the change change uh, change direction uh, sessions that you put on before you got into the Franz Bosch stuff and saying that if that's where you are, like fo- focus on that and nail that. What did that actually look like? Just to get, just to frame yeah. what you were doing before and then we'll go on to how that's changed and specifically. Yeah, I mean, so so COD as opposed to agility. So I had five meter agility stars where you, it's just a simple a five meter pattern that repeats itself. So you end up running 40 meters of five meter segments. We run those fast, you know, and I have timing you in, timing out. So a good guy's gonna get 9.8 seconds, a slow person's gonna get 12. So I would have just simple little COD, probably five or six different patterns that we ran regularly. Um, one I call turn and burn, where if I'm facing you, you're five metres away from me. There's a pole five metres out that way. And if someone calls right or left, you bang out there, then bang back. It's COD, but it's intensity. And then underpinning that is going to be all the strength qualities in the gym, you know, uh, lateral jumps, vertical jumps, wherever I can get metrics on those, I'm going to get metrics on those. If you do that well, and if you do that with intensity and, and the right volume, you're still, you still can make a difference, you know? And if you're if it's a 50-50 call on doing those ones that you can understand and you can control intensity or something a bit vague where you're going to swing a ball around your head and do that and take off, you know, stick with what you know. I, I do I do encourage people, you know, if they're inclined to, to invest in, in his work because it's, um, yeah, it's it's – you know, it's brilliant really and, and it's it will lead you to, you know, if you talk think about a, a you might have a, a V eight car, but you're driving on flat tires and, and Franz understands the science of those flat tires and the regions in the body where you can be losing energy. You know, he's got a beautiful Excel template that, you know, up the top there's, you know, general power and then you've got, you know, ankle stiffness, you've got frontal plane hip lock you've got all these different categories where energy might be either optimized or actually lost in any running sprint be it start and acceleration or agility so you look across the top here and you're thinking well okay general power is one of those categories which is the one we all go to but we could be losing energy at the ankle we could be losing energy at the hip the abdominals could simply not be capable of, of stabilizing the body to allow a dramatic change of direction and on agility that was the big one I'm going to kick kick us back off with asking you about specifically when you're looking at ankle stiffness and you've mentioned that a couple of times so clearly that's a, a common issue that you're seeing yeah. how are you training that with the influence of, of Franz's yeah, I, methodology for starters i didn't use to train it i would do sprints and and i didn't okay. i didn't really look at the ankle much at all um as, as an area i mean and, and, and there'll be good there'll be good sprint coaches who will listen to this and say well you idiot you know, it was much less sophisticated at that time. But, but you know, I, the where it started for me was Eddie selected 
in Japan, Eddie selected an ex-rugby league guy called Craig Wing, who's tough, tough after tough rugby league player, very good player, but he must have been 34 and then converted to rugby union. He played three or four games in two seasons, calf, calf injury, calf injury, hamstring, calf, hamstring, in, in sequence, couldn't take the field. Eddie wanted to pick him, and I said, Eddie, Eddie's bloke's busted, he hasn't played. And Eddie said, he's tough, mate, I want him. So i got to try and fix him. And, um, you know, first thing, I video him, you know, side on video, and, and Franz looks at it straight away and says, okay, you know, he's collapsing into deep dorsiflexion. There's absolutely no, you know, no ankle stiffness there. And then, you know, you look at him running at, at speed. He had, had quite a few hamstring injuries as well. So I'm nervous because this guy's important to Eddie and he hasn't done anything above 50% running speed. So Franz gets him on the oval, gets him barefoot. Okay, okay, run as fast as you can and try to overstride. So this guy's barefoot and I'm shitting myself because I'm thinking, you know, he's going to bust this guy who Eddie wants. Anyway, um, you know, Franz can speak for himself on the complexities of this stuff. But the first thing was very obvious. We just look at the ankle. He's completely collapsing in dorsiflexion, deep dorsiflexion. There's no elasticity around the ankle joint whatsoever. So Franz explains to me the difference between, you know, ankle stiffness for start and acceleration, ankle stiffness for top speed. They're a little bit different. So then I have three or four exercises for ankle stiffness for start and acceleration. So we're doing a lot of work, up steps, some bare feet work, stick on the back, switching legs, switching front and back. It's probably difficult to do without, you know, without a full video session. But then I, now I have, mm -hmm. now I have three or four exercises in my armory, which I can be done either, you know, in the gym setting. So prefabs, ankle stiffness prefabs, start and acceleration. We get to work, and he does 20 minutes of that, you know, and and, and his hamstrings were not strong, you know. So we, so there was no, I mean, really, you, you guys all. Either you're either in the Nordic camp or you're in the Bosch camp or you're in the RDL camp. I, I'm I'm an agnostic. I I'm not. I don't get terribly caught up in all that. But the guy's hamstrings were weak by any stretch. And then then you look at his pelvis. His, his pelvis is he's got no control of his pelvis. So at toe off, completely forward collapse of the pelvis. So all of these regions of the body. And, and he's a strong. He's like a little nugget of a bloke. You know, he'd, he'd knock your ass over if he tackled you. Strong, strong, but coordination in those key regions. So he's losing energy at the ankle, hamstrings are weak. He's, he's completely got no control of his pelvis, and so so Franz zeroes in on this, teaches me, you know, the prefabs around the ankle, how his approach to hamstring strength, and then the kind of drilling he thinks will connect that hamstring strength to the running gait. Then we look at you know um, ankle stiffness for top speed, which is a little bit different. Um, and then we start building these prefabs and, and it's, you know, again, for me, it was pretty crazy looking stuff, but then I start seeing this guy move better and better. Um, and again, to be able to do what, what Fran said, he said, well, run as fast as you can barefoot, try and overstride. Well, when you're barefoot, you know, he can explain it probably better than I could, but, you know, the being barefoot and being on grass, you know, your body's is a natural probably fear of, Foot slipping forward so that all of a sudden you get this swing leg retraction. He's ripping his feet back. I'm seeing this swing leg retraction I've never seen in this guy before. Um, it's not it's not magic like that. It didn't happen in one session, but um, the process is what is is. There's no way in the world I would have broken it down. I, I might have, you know, if I had a look deeper, I might have looked at that video and said, yeah, pretty pretty weak at the ankle, but I wouldn't have then been able to go specifically um, to the prefabs or the exercises to address that and and um, you know that's that's what 
his methodology can provide. But it's not. I'm not saying it's it's the only way, because there are other speed coaches around who might have a very good feel for that stuff. But um, you know what Franz also taught me was you know the concept of positive running, and that is that you know at toe off that the pelvis doesn't collapse forward, and that if you if you develop positive running, there's a net gain there in terms of running speed, but also the capability of being able to shift laterally, you know, really quickly. If the pelvis is rocks forward or toe off, you haven't you haven't got the preconditions for that. So, um, you know, on the back of exposure to him, we just built this simple library of stuff that I could deploy on a needs basis. So, for example, we decided to, you know, everyone thought that Japan was really quick, but they're actually not. It's just that we were smaller and zip around. I didn't have much in the way of top speed. So we zeroed in on. Um, uh, for the forwards, just in simple acceleration. So he, he has templates, so I use the acceleration template for them and an agility template for the backs. So in any strength session, you know, again, we have that 12 to 20 minutes of prefabs, doing all these coordination prefabs. And then we have the main body of our strength. And keep in mind, these are little skinny guys who need to put on five kilos of muscle. So we're actually getting up at five in the morning and doing 20 minutes of guns, 20 minutes of trap work, you know, so whilst <laughs> You know, whilst I cop a lot of shit for doing the fancy Bosch stuff, you know, we're also doing huge volumes of hypertrophy. Um, and to, to do all that without the residual fatigue, I had to kind of microdose everything, microdose the coordination, microdose the hypertrophy. Um, yeah, so it's, it's basically that there may be other people around, but for me, Franz introduced a systematic way to improve coordination and to reduce energy loss. And I think that's... Um, I hadn't seen that before, and I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen anyone else doing it. Um, but I'm not saying that there isn't. It's just again, I, I I'd rather stick to a few people I learn from. You know, I learn from Franz, I learn from Warren, I learn from Vern. I I would rather stick to that and learn it really well, rather than keep chasing after people who I don't have much exposure to. Because I'm I'm not a quick learner, and I'm certainly not a good. I'm not a a quick-minded reader. I can read ten pages of his book and still think I'm a dumb bastard. You know, but I am. Once I get a feel for something, and I then I can really add intensity to it. And I think I, I have three words I use. If you want to use Franz's exercise, validity, intent, intensity. So validity means if you start, if you create an exercise and you're running up with a bag on your back and stopping in position, validity means you need to know what that exercise is relating to. You know, is it relating to the role of the abdominals in agility? Is it relating to, you know forward rotation of the pelvis and, and get trying to eliminate or reduce that? Is it related to, you know, ankle stiffness and starting you need You need to know that. And then you need the intent and the intensity means, I see a lot of athletes, people trying to create Franz exercise and they'll do this and that. Well, what's the intention of the athlete? You know, they need a clear intention of that movement, where it starts, where it finishes, what a successful outcome is. And there's lots of ways of doing that, but you need to be able to make that clear. And then the third part is intensity. You know, how do you modulate and drive the intensity of those exercises? Is it the speed of movement? So it's either speed pressure, force pressure, or coordination pressure. Um, so that's, that's quite difficult. And that's why I say, you know, build your skill set off Franz and stuff very slowly if you're going to do it. Don't just jump on Twitter and someone else has got a lovely a lovely hurdle spindle with a, with, a, with a halo on top. You know, do it methodically. But, you know, the course is available online now. Uh, with his stuff, if, if you're interested in that, um, 
Yeah, but for me, it, for me, it gave me a systematic approach to movement efficiency and a systematic approach to agility, which I didn't, I didn't have before. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So if you do want to check out the full episode with John Pryor, you can visit sportsmith.co and it's episode number 347.